Okay, welcome everybody to Free Trail Friday. My name is Dylan Bowman, joined by my good friend, Mr. Eric Sensman. This is his second appearance on the program. Eric, how's it going, bro? Hey, doing good, Debo. Thanks for having me back. Always great to have you. Uh, the first time we did this was the first Free Trail Friday, and we've been going now for like two and a half months. The last time we talked was right before the Black Canyon 100K where there were six golden tickets distributed. And here we are again before the Canyons 100K, where there are another six golden tickets to be distributed. Uh, we will be breaking down the course, the contenders, the conditions that these athletes will be confronting out there in between the Auburn and Forest Hill area, a place that is near and dear to every trail runner's hearts. Um, and it's going to be a wild weekend. The field is extraordinarily deep, and uh, I wouldn't rather break it down with anybody else. Mr. Sensman, it's so good to have you here. Before we get to it, again, as always, a big thank you to our presenting sponsor of all of our Free Trail Friday programming, that being Aura. Guys, you have to go get an Aura ring. Trust me, this thing is the best. Sensman, I'm not sure if you've ever used one before, but if you haven't, there's a link in the description in YouTube you should take advantage of here after the show. My wife, Harmony, had a 96 readiness score the other day. Absolutely mind-blowing statistics. Her sleep prowess is, uh, is something to behold. My stats are not nearly as impressive, but it's a fun thing to check in on every morning. It's fun to have sort of the friendly competition and rivalry with your significant other. So use the link in the description here in YouTube or in the show notes if you listen to this in podcast form where you can take advantage of six months free subscription with the purchase of a new Gen 3 Aura Ring. Big thank you to Aura. Um, Eric Sensman is back on the show just before going live here. He was submitting his fantasy free trail picks for the race this weekend. So just a reminder here on the top end of the show, this is our inaugural week of fantasy trail running. We did a little demonstration last week on the show of how to actually use the service. But if you didn't tune in last week, please do navigate to fantasy.freetrail.com where we are starting fantasy trail running. It's very easy. Submit your top five picks for both men and women in the Canyons 100K and in the Madeira Island Ultra Trail, which is happening this evening. Madeira starts at 4 p.m. Pacific time this afternoon, so that's in about four hours, at which point the picks will be closed. Canyon starts at 5 a.m. tomorrow Pacific time, at which point picks will be closed. So you have just a few more hours for both races to get those picks in, including yourself, Mr. Sensman. <laughs> so... I uh, appreciate everybody playing with us. This is going to be really fun. And again, there are giveaways on the line. We've got some great free trail swag, sort of maybe similar to the t-shirt that I'm wearing or the hoodies that you guys have probably seen all over the social media and a rumple blanket. So come play with us. It's going to be super duper fun. That being said, long intro, Eric Sensman. Great to have you here, bro. I think uh, before we get to breaking down the action this weekend, I want to hear first about your preparation for the Cocodona 250, which is coming up in like two weeks. Are you overwhelmed with excitement or fear at this point? You know, Debo, I try not to think about it. <clears throat> um, it's a skill that I developed when I first started running ultras, which is uh, just not to ever consciously consider what you're about to do. Um <laughs> But I'm feeling pretty good. I, you know, I did have an ankle roll in the canyon a week ago, 
it was pretty gnarly. Um, so I was seeing my PT this morning. It's still a little swollen, but it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I guess so, man. I mean, are you intimidated by it? 250 miles. This is a yeah. postgraduate <laughs> level exam for you right totally. now. Yeah. You know what I've tried to do? I don't know if you've thought of it this way, like training for something like hard rock where you're going to be out for 20, 24 hours. But I've, I've sort of just tried to conceptualize it not so much as mileage, but as getting from one place to another. Um, and, and the course is structured such that that's pretty natural because you're going from like town to town. Yeah. So I've, I've run a few different sections on the course. And yeah, I just try to think about it that way. Like, I'm just going to go out and like eat some food and enjoy being outside and just get from this town to the next. And once I get there, I'll deal with the next part. <laughs> Wild. I mean, uh, maybe afterwards we can record another podcast and get the blow by blow because I'm fascinated by not only the challenge of it, but the logistics of it. And, totally. you know, whoever's going to be crewing for you is probably deserving of a Nobel Peace Prize, but uh, <laughs> cool, cool stuff. And we do actually have a fantasy free trail activated for Coca-Dona too. So it'll be yeah. fun for people to play and follow along with that. And I'm sure Jamil has their live stream all figured out for all whatever five days or however long that thing's going to take. I think this year they're, they're going to turn it off at night, which seems fair. Everyone should get yeah, some sleep. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> totally. Cool, man. Well, uh, back to the subject at hand, this race this weekend is going to be wild. I don't think either of us have ever raced canyons. Have you, you've done, you've, have you done the race? I have not. Okay. So neither of us have actually run canyons, but we've both done Western States multiple times. So we are quite familiar with the terrain and, uh, with the characters that are in the field. So it's going to be fun to break it down together. I figure we start the conversation by just talking about the course. And I do also just want to emphasize, cause I forgot to say it on the front end that the chat feature as always is activated here on YouTube. So if you guys, uh, have people you're rooting for this weekend or things you want to throw into the conversation, please just post them in the chat on YouTube and I'll do my best to pull some of that stuff out, but I'm going to share my screen here, Sensman, and then we can talk a little bit about the course to get everybody familiar with what these athletes are going to confront this weekend. So we see it here. This is Anthony Costales's winning Victoria Strava from 2021, last year's race. And uh, Sensman, I'll uh, kick things over to you for just like a quick overall synopsis of this terrain and what the, the athletes are in for. Yeah, well, as you know, Debo, um, you know, they, they call it California carpet, which uh, is maybe a little bit too generous because there are some sections that are a little bit more technical, but it's it's fairly a non-technical trail. So definitely, definitely uh, allows for quick turnover, people that are fast, strong to, to do well, because you don't have to worry about that skill set. Um, unlike Black Canyon, right, which we broke down a, a couple months ago, where it's, it's, it's more little bit more picky and requires a different skill set. So here, the tough thing about this course, man, you got so much climbing in the second half. Yeah. Um, you know, if you've looked at any of the interviews on I Run Far, who's, uh, who will be out there doing live coverage on Saturday, um, you know, it's been talked about, but uh, you really can't overstate it. I think what you need on a course like this is just a ton of strength. Um, cause, cause that, that those last 20 miles will be a real heartbreaker for a lot of people. I think, um, and, and as such, I think it'll be an exciting race, um, in the second half. Cause I think there's a good chance, you know, a lot of, uh, men and women will be running together through the first half because it, it's more runnable and, and you don't have these long climbs for the big separation. 
Yeah. Great point. Yeah. I think this is a, a strength runners race. And you mentioned that the California carpet is sort of what these trails are known for, meaning it's not a hyper-technical course. It's a course that usually would favor somebody with a really fast marathon PR. And especially if you flipped the course the opposite direction and ran the same direction that Western States does, that being downhill, it would favor a different athlete, I think, than this course does. Because it is a net uphill course, it favors that type of athlete who is fast, who does have speed, but as you mentioned, importantly, has the strength to climb late in the race. So I'm just going to sort of zoom out here on this Strava map just to give people an appreciation of where we are in the world. Of course, everybody's probably familiar just by virtue of the fact that this course does share much of the same uh, trails as the legendary Western States 100 starting in downtown Auburn. And then effectively, you do run sort of backwards on the Western States course. If I zoom in here, we'll see sort of the legendary Cal Street area of the Western States course that comes just after the 100K mark every year in that obviously notorious and amazing race coming into forest hill the biggest aid station on the western states course i assume it's probably similar at the canyons race though i've never been there but runners do go through forest hill and then down into volcano canyon here and then up and over to michigan bluff of course another landmark in our sport before diving into the infamous El Dorado Canyon here, climbing up, and then it looks like they do sort of a little jog loop out here in order to just make up some of the mileage before going off the Western States course back into El Dorado Canyon a little further east, and then climbing up to this China Wall finish line up on Forest Hill Road. This is actually a pretty remote area in between Forest Hill and Robinson Flat for anybody who's ever uh, trained on the Western States course. You probably remember driving past this big parking lot, which I think is the staging area for their finish line. I've slept in that parking lot a couple of times in the course of my years training for Western States, but it's a nice little staging area. But one thing that I just wanted to flag on this course that I think is really important to remember, and just like looking at Anthony Costales' Strava here, you effectively finish with a 90-minute climb. You know, this is an absolute heartbreaking way to finish an ultra marathon, right? And it's a place where if you've miscalculated your effort in these first 25 miles or so, which look to be crazy fast, really the first 50K looks to be crazy fast, then you could really start to lose time with people who have executed more intelligently or created a, uh, a better sort of more moderate effort for themselves in those early parts of the race. Sensman, anything else to add about the course that you think is worth mentioning here to our live viewers? No, I think that's good overview. I mean, maybe the last thing is just that, I feel, I, man, I feel like we can say this almost about every race, but something about this course profile brings it to the forefront. But I, I just think experience would go a long way on this type of course because, man, to be 53 miles deep staring down a 2,500-foot climb, um, there's something about having suffered uh, <laughs> suffered in the past that, that can help you get through that because – a lot of that is mental, you know, um, being able to continue to move, to not walk, uh, to run that last climb, even, even slowly. Um, 
Because it is runnable. It is runnable. I was just scrolling down here on Castalis's Strava here, and it looks like he was doing 10s, 11s, and then low 8s, you know, to finish things off. So it is still runnable, and clearly he was moving quickly so late in the race, but still with that constant uphill gradient for the last 90 minutes, that's a really tough way to finish, and it's a great way for somebody to make up big time on a suffering person in front of them for sure. So Absolutely. just to kind of recap the statistics here, as you see from Anthony's GPS device, whatever it was, looks like a Coros. It was just, a, just about 62 miles, even 14,000 feet of climbing. His total time was around 911. So that's probably what we would expect to see the winners coming into this weekend. Though Sensman and I are going to talk about why it could be faster and we'll go into that right now. So <laughs> Sensman, let's talk about the uh, the conditions this weekend. Uh, I've got the weather here pulled up, but uh, maybe give us a quick intro to what your top line reactions are to what these athletes are going to confront from an environmental perspective. Yeah, again, if you if you uh, look at some of the pre race interviews out there, everyone's just marveling at how cool it is. You know, like Auburn, California. You think of Auburn, you think of a furnace. Um, just because most people were there in late June. So really cool temperatures. I mean, it looks like upper 30s, low 40s uh, at the start in Auburn. And it, it looks like on course, it shouldn't get above 60. I mean, th- those are 40 to 60. That, those are ideal temperatures, right, for, for running quickly. I, I suppose the wild card is going to be that there's been rain and even snow at the higher elevations on course. Um, I think the question becomes that's supposed to taper off today. Maybe it already has, but over the next 24 hours, how does, how does that water drain? Does it get super muddy? Is it slick? Um, but being a California guy, Debo, uh, you probably have some intel on that. <laughs> yeah. So as you mentioned, I think most of the athletes are probably breathing a sigh of relief when they see this weather forecast. To me, this seems like fast, fast, fast conditions. Anime Flynn, who's one of the top contenders in the women's race this weekend, posted a photo from the finish line area at China wall. And it looked like there was two inches of snow in the parking lot there. I would guess that that will melt by the time the athletes arrive there tomorrow afternoon, but you'll see here a high of 64, a low of 46 for the race tomorrow. That is screaming fast running conditions, especially if you contrast that against what it could be and what it usually is at Western States, especially, but I don't recall exactly what the weather conditions were at Canyons last year, but I doubt they were this comfortable in terms of overall heat level. And with the, the level of athlete in the race today, that can be massively conducive to dramatic racing because there's going to be less opportunity for people to overheat, to explode. And so I think what it'll do is actually keep the packs closer together later on in the race. To your point, one of the I think key variables will be how slippery is that last climb, right? Because if it did snow quite a lot, if there was a lot of precipitation on the trails there, of course, California has been in a super drought. And so if the trails got very wet, they could turn into uh, quite muddy, slippery messes out there. So I guess uh, that'll be to be determined to be seen on race day. But overall, I think the athletes would prefer a little mud to the alternative, which would be 
super hard cracked earth with 90 degree sunshine <laughs> beating down on top of you. So yeah. weather conditions are, I think, very conducive to speed and look at it all week there in uh, the Forest Hill area. It's going to, it's a modest, moderate start to the uh, late spring summer season there. So maybe this portends good conditions for Western states, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. So Anyway, there was some commentary in the chat wondering if I was looking at the right course for the Canyons 100K. I uh, did sort of cross-check it with the GPS file that they provided on their website. I uploaded it into the Strava Root Builder. Looked to be identical to me to the course that Anthony Costales ran on last year. And uh, his Strava looked easier to understand from a display perspective for our live audience. So I do think that is the right course. Yeah, and perhaps the discrepancy, Dylan, they they do um, on the website, although slightly difficult in terms of being user-friendly, uh, but that's okay. In terms of what I did find, they do uh, advertise it as 59.3 miles, um, which is not what you see on the Strava you know, profile last year from Anthony, which shows a full 62. So I don't know if there have been any uh, alterations to the course or if there's just a discrepancy between what they're advertising and, and what you get on a GPS watch. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. The, the Canyons hundred K website could use uh, a makeover, but uh, you know, the race directors have a lot on their plates and maybe with this new UTMB acquisition, they'll put some effort into that digital front. Um, but yeah, uh, either way that the course, if it is different from last year's course, it's a moderate change. It's not uh, something that would be significant or that would lead to, you know, athletes running significantly faster or slower times. Agreed. So Agreed. it brings up something that maybe is interesting for us to riff on quickly before we start going into the fields. And that is the fact that this is the first by UTMB event to take place on North American soil. It's the second race on the UTMB world series, the ultra trail Istria, the hundred miles of Istria happened two weekends ago, um, in Croatia. And I think that was the season opener because the Tarawera hundred K and the Tarawera event in New Zealand was canceled again in February. So this is the second installment of the UTMB World Series, which is going to be interesting to see, I think, just how UTMB and Ironman come together to sort of brand this event. And uh, we'll see if it impacts sort of the feeling and the vibe at all around the race. Sensman, do you have anything you want to sort of say on that subject? Well, first, am I right in, in remembering that you ran that race in Croatia? I did. Ago? Yeah, it's an awesome yeah. race. It's an awesome race. Yeah. Uh, was it one of the first editions? It seems like it was a few years It was, now. so it was on the Ultra Trail World Tour. So right. yeah, I went and ran it when it was on the Ultra Trail World Tour. And now it's part of the UTMB World Series. And I ran the 100 mile race, but as UTMB is doing now, and we should go into this, they have lots of different distance distributions for all these races, right? So at Istria, I think it goes from 100 mile down to like a marathon distance race. And then also this, I think it was announced this morning, the canyons has announced a hundred mile event for 2023 during this event. So they'll have, I think the 25 K at canyons all the way up to a hundred miles next year. We also saw this week, UTMB announced that they've got a new distance, I think a 15 K race during the 
UTMB Mont Blanc event, mm -hmm. of course, the flagship event, which happens every year in August in Chamonix. So it's going to be interesting. And this is the first North American event uh, as part of the UTMB World Series. The other is Speedgoat happening in July. And then, of course, there's the uh, UTMB Puerto Vallarta in October. So those are sort of the three in our neck of the woods. And this is the, the first one on the calendar. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. I mean, um, from the perspective of bringing people into the sport, I think um, offering those various distances uh, is a good way to do that because you can get people, you know, hooked um, without having to run a hundred miler, uh, right? Yeah. Um, which, you know, should be more accessible in that way. Obviously, from a business perspective, just adding the distances is super easy because, like, <laughs> you have your fixed costs. You know, if you can add a few more races, it doesn't cost you much more. So I can totally see why they do it. And yeah. Yeah, again, I think all around it's good. Yeah, no doubt. I have to admit, I felt it was a little weird to add a, another 100-mile race that shares <laughs> much of the Western States 100 course, but right. I guess we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. And I think with this new World Series architecture, obviously it seems that you're going to have to do a buy UTMB or UTMB World Series event in order to get into the UTMB Mont Blanc. And so maybe mm -hmm. it's uh, an effort by UTMB to give American athletes more opportunities to earn those running stones and get into UTMB Mont Blanc, in which case I'm all for it. There, uh, Ryan Miller sent me the mandatory kit that is going to be uh, required for the athletes to carry this weekend. So in UTMB fashion, there is required kit. I'm just going to tick through some of it here just so our viewing audience is on board. But again, this is probably an effort by UTMB to standardize some of the equipment that people are using for safety purposes. And I think with the weather that came through California and with some of the tragedies we saw in the sport of trail running last year, I think they're just using an abundance of caution. But of course, like you would expect, you're mandated to carry fluids, a pack, a headlamp, a lightweight jacket, a beanie or buff, a second insulation top layer, lightweight pants, gloves, and a space blanket. So a little overboard if you ask me, but I mean, better safe than sorry, but it's going to be interesting because the top athletes in this race for sure would have carried a lot less than that. And now they're going to be all wearing backpacks tomorrow. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like you said, I guess you can't be too cautious, but Seems a little over the top. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so anyway, it's a, this is good. I mean, it's going to be fun to see how this new series architecture comes together, you know? Yeah. And, and this yeah. is the, the first one in North America. It's the second one overall. And these guys are going to learn it in real time, you know? And so they'll be, I'm sure, taking feedback from people who are there experiencing the races. And if they're smart, they'll take that feedback and they'll iterate on it and they'll listen yeah. to their customers, you know, as sure. any good business will. So moving on to the fields, let's get into it. This is going to be amazing. We'll start with the women, but before we go into it, I just want to flag a few notable scratches, especially for our fantasy free trail uh, players this weekend. Jason Schlarb, Zach Miller, Katie Asmith. Florian Neuschwander, Marianne Hogan, Katie Arnold, and Pam Smith are all not going to be taking part in the 100K this weekend. So if you have made your picks, we have updated the website. I had Mar Marianne Hogan on my list, so I had to redo my picks. So again, the voting 
uh, closes tomorrow at 5 a.m. So make sure if you picked any of those names I just mentioned, you go back in there and amend your your predictions for this weekend. Sensman, let's start with the women. Who uh, who are you looking at in terms of the favorites? Well, um, it was 2021, I guess it was last year, um, when Brittany Peterson won Black Canyon. And of course, we talked about her uh, that, that race, uh, in our preview two week, two months ago, uh, she is in canyons. Um, she's very, very good. Uh, no uh, setting all things equal. I think, uh, if you look at the field, she is the number one contender. However, she has two very important races, um, this summer, both Western States and UTMB. So I don't think she's racing necessarily to win. Um, I think she'll be more reserved. Um, I think she'll definitely be on the podium, possibly a win. But but I think if she does, it's not going to be by running out the front. It would be by passing people later if she's not already ahead of them. But Brittany Peterson is 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 my goat, uh, on this one, but I think you might object. So what, what do you think? Do well, you think? yeah, I mean, it sounds like, uh, you need to hit submit picks on your fantasy <laughs> team right now, but no, I mean, I, I, uh, I picked Brittany Peterson second in my fantasy roster, FYI, you know, full disclosure. I have a ton of respect for her. She's an incredible athlete. She's absolutely smashed black Canyon last year, improved what she can do over this distance. I think she has that combination of speed and strength that we talked about at the beginning. She's been a second place finisher at Western States in a crazy fast time a couple of years ago. And then she was fourth at Western States last year in 2021. So she knows this course. She knows these trails like the back of her hand. Definitely Brittany Peterson is one of the contenders for the victory in my mind as well. I, uh, I picked Ladia Albertson Junkins, uh, in my fantasy team. I just had her on my podcast this week and I'm just so impressed with her as a person and with her attitude and her recent victory, her second win at the Chuckanut 50 K in a crazy fast time. It was a course record time though. There's some controversy over it being a, a little bit of a different course because we also saw Adam Peterman run a wildly fast time on the Chuckanut course. And we'll talk about him in a little bit. But Ladia is one of those sort of like athletes who's been on the scene for a few years now, but has always sort of flown under the radar, never really seek the spotlight or anything like that, but super, super strong and has a great head on her shoulders. And so I see her as a, you know, sort of the favorite in my eyes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, she was 13th at that trail world championships first American, you know, that might not sound that impressive, but that is a crazy, crazy competitive race. Um, and in 13th, that, that tells you something, uh, about an athlete. What it tells me is she knows how to grind, um, and she knows how to compete. And th- those will both play, you know, very well on a course like canyons with this field. No doubt. So other women on your radar. <clears throat> well, um, Anna Mae Flynn, certainly, um, as you alluded to earlier, uh, I think absolutely has a chance at the podium. Uh, little, little, she's not as I would say doesn't have as much experience at this distance. Um, she has tended to, uh, have her, her greatest successes so far at shorter distances, but, um, no reason to think, uh, she can't, she can't excel on, on this course and at this distance. Um, but yeah, I've been around a while and, um, I think she knows how to get it done 
in terms of racing. Yeah, no doubt. Anime, I think, also exemplifies that speed and strength combination. And she's the type of athlete who can do really well in mountainous races and in the faster, more runnable races. We've seen her win Speed Goat at least twice, I think. She's yeah. won Lake Sonoma. Obviously, those are two very different courses, Speed Goat being very steep and technical and mountainous, where Lake Sonoma is obviously that Cali carpet. And I think the Canyons 100K does sort of, it's sort of an interesting mix between those two types of race courses. And to your point, I think her Achilles heel might be inexperienced at this distance. I wonder if she's intentionally going into this uh, to try and acquire a, a golden ticket. I don't know if she's ever done 100K. I'm pretty sure she's never done 100 mile. As you mentioned, she's great at... 50k 50 miles so it's great to see anime uh in the field this weekend sort of stepping up in distance she lives in salida colorado so this is kind of a tough time of year to be fit for a 100k trail race but i'm sure she was happy with the weather forecast <laughs> and uh when she posted that photograph from the china wall finishing area with the snow i'm sure she was feeling quite at home coming from Salida, Colorado. So anime also definitely one of the contenders. Cat Bradley's in the field, former Western States champion, obviously a super, super strong athlete though. She sort of runs hot and cold. We all, I definitely always root for Cat. I think she's an awesome runner. She's got a great personality, but uh, her Achilles heel has been consistency, especially in these high level races. She's obviously got the talent to win. Though, uh, you know, she, I think she's hopefully just, you know, wanting to put a solid one up there. Any comments yeah, on Kat or the rest of the field? Yeah. So I actually had the chance to speak with Kat um, for un, unrelated reasons to racing um, maybe a month ago. And she's actually been in Hawaii this whole winter and has been, it sounds like running pretty consistently. So I think that bodes well for her. Um, you know, but I think part of the issue living in Colorado, like she had in the past is getting through the winter healthy and mm -hmm. in a good place with fitness. So, um, I, I, I would think that being out in Hawaii was a benefit to her in terms of training. So definitely hopeful, always rooting for cat as well. Um, it's hard not to, uh, but in, I, I was going to add there too, Debo, that e even if we're right about who we've talked about so far in terms, you know, finishing on the podium or up there, as mentioned, Brittany Peterson is in Western States in virtue of her fourth place last year. Yep. So she, you know, no golden tickets going to her. Um, so it is likely to roll down those three tickets uh, to, to fourth or possibly beyond because um, I'm not sure how many of these women uh, are looking for the golden ticket versus just a, you know, a big race earlier in the year. Yeah, great point. Great point. Yep. And uh, I think Brittany Peterson is the only athlete in this in the women's contenders that we're talking about now who does have a ticket into Western States. So she did finish in the top three, as you mentioned, that would roll down yeah. to fourth. I just want to flag one thing while we're on the subject of anime, our good friend, Corinne Malcolm is in the chat. Shout out to Corinne Malcolm. She's on Madeira Island, getting ready to start her 115, 115 K journey in three and a half hours. So what's up? <laughs> Corinne, good luck to you tonight. And she's just pointing out, reminding me that Anna Mae Flynn had a golden ticket into Western States in 2016 and had to drop with injury partway through. Yep. So I'm sure Anna Mae is hungry to get back in to the Western States field and avenge that 
unfortunate I, situation. I believe that was at Lake Sonoma. Yes. Um, where she got that ticket. So, uh, advertises 50 miles. It's really about 48.2, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> who's counting. Yeah. Who's counting. That's awesome. Right. So just a few more names in the women's race that I think are definitely worth mentioning. Uh, we had, uh, Leah Yingling from Salt Lake city at the Gorge waterfalls, 50 K just a few weeks ago. She finished a very strong second place behind Keely Henninger in the 50K race and was using that as a stepping stone towards Canyon. So Leah, really solid uh, runner from the Salt Lake area, like I mentioned, in the 100K race. Tomorrow, we had Zach Marion on Free Trail Friday to break down the Gorge Waterfalls race, and he made the comment, being a Salt Lake resident himself, and knowing Leah, that she's a very strong closer. So she could be the type of person who may be a little ways back or outside of the golden ticket conversation halfway through when the runners get to Forest Hill, but she might be the type of athlete who could run through the field and into those golden ticket spots later on in the race. We have Nicole Bitter from Arizona, multiple time Western States runner. And uh, an awesome, very consistent athlete in the field. Abby Levine from Boulder is in the field. Uh, we've got Jasmine Lothar, who um, Ladia mentioned on my podcast was somebody to look out for. And I've since put in my, took a flyer on knowing nothing about her for my fantasy team this weekend. So <laughs> shout out to Jasmine. I think she's from British Columbia. Any other names that we're sort of forgetting to mention here? Uh, I do have one more quickly. I want to piggyback on Abby. Um, you know, she was fourth at, uh, the North face 50 mile in, in its last edition, I guess, 2019, yep. um, similar in style, you know, a lot of climbing in the second half, uh, super runnable stuff in terms of, you know, not being too technical or so steep, you can't run. So definitely the skill sets to, to kind of crush. I was actually, texting with Megan Hicks of Iron Far, who again will be out there writing live coverage. And we were talking a little bit about Abby and she, she said, you know, I kind of see her as a Claire Gallagher type where like, yeah. she only has to run like 50, 60 miles a week um, to kind of stay healthy and stay fit, but like can just go out and crush. Cause she just is a talent. Um, so you definitely think Abby has, has a shot at that top five, top three. Um, here's a name you probably haven't heard, but Charlotte Cox, uh, she's out of Santa Barbara had won every race she'd ever uh, ever run, including nine trails, uh, which is 35 miles with a lot of vert. Um, until last month, she ran Chuck and rough day for her. So she was outside the top 10, but, um, I think she has a good day. It is her first hundred K. Uh, we could see her towards the front of the race. Yeah, no, I, uh, she's ranked number one in ultra sign up just because like you said, she hadn't ever lost until Chuck and and that ultra sign up ranking system, uh, you know, sort of takes just your results into account, doesn't necessarily measure it against the level of competition, et cetera. But I think she's won the nine trails race in Santa Barbara, which is definitely a strength type course. Yes. So Charlie Cox will be an interesting character. And maybe, maybe I mean, for sure, there's going to be somebody who we haven't mentioned that's sort yeah. of like the story of the race who comes out of nowhere. That's sort of like their breakout performance. And, you know, obviously we've only mentioned a handful of names here. Obviously you've mentioned Iron Far a couple of times. They have great previews. They go into much more depth on the competition in the field, uh, this weekend. And there's definitely going to be some people who do have their breakout performances. I know there's another few names like Michelle Davis from South Africa is coming all the way over to run canyons that 
gives you an idea that she's probably hoping to stay for a couple of months and get into Western States while she's here. Um, and then, yeah, like Megan Morgan, an interesting young athlete mm -hmm. from Boulder. I don't know much about her, but yeah, this is going to be wildly entertaining. And, uh, I've, you know, that's one of the things that I always look forward to in races like this. It's sort of like last time we talked, right? Nobody talked about true heart Brown going into black Canyon, right? Or Jeff I was kicking Colt. myself after yeah, that. Dude. Jeff Colt or, um, yeah, or Jeff Colt, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, similarly on the, on the women's side in that race, yep. I'm forgetting the name of the Polit Dominica, who Dominica. who finished second behind Claire, but was out front the whole race. Uh, yep. So, you know, it's that's it's fun to do this prognostication and banter, but at the end of the day, you know, there's going to be a lot of surprises, and that's that's uh, why this is so fun. Let's talk about the men. Who are you looking at? Yeah, in speaking of surprises, again, it's worth uh, drawing the parallels or, or noting the differences. You know, a course like Canyons. Um, allows for a lot more mistakes and requires a lot more just ultra running strength, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. Um, it is hard to surprise people because it's hard to run 15,000 feet of climbing over 60 miles and have people not know about you. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's hard to do that well and no, no one sees it coming. Yep. Um, so what sort of indications would lead you to believe someone would do well with 15,000 feet of climbing over, over, uh, hundred K. Um, if your name's Adam Peterman, uh, <laughs> no, exper no experience at a hundred <laughs> kilometers, but if your name is Adam Peterman, <laughs> that's right. So it's his first hundred K, uh, for those that weren't familiar with Adam, you probably got to know him last year or last month. Um, he won speed goat 50 K last summer. He won the JFK 50. And that was a course record, by the way. Uh, he won JFK in the second fastest time, um, faster than Hayden Hawks, just a bit slower than Jim Walmsley. Uh, he then won Chuck nut in what was the fastest time, uh, with the, some caveats perhaps, but you know, he ripped the course, um, if it was different or not. Sick um, race. And he won by, and, by like a 10 minute margin over Anthony Costales. So. Yeah, which Wild is fast. Yeah. And Anthony Costale has won this race last year in a course record time. So um in my mind, Adam Peterman is the man to beat uh bar none. No doubt. No doubt. We're in agreement on that. I would echo everything you said. I would just add, he's like 26 years old. This kid is one of the best talents in the sport right now. He's still, I think, under the radar because his best performances have come at races that are important, but not like A tier races like this. You know, if we're being honest, Speedgoat doesn't get the same kind of attention. JFK doesn't get the same kind of attention that Western States Golden Ticket races do. Yeah. Same with Chuck and I, but people like you and I know Adam Peterman and think the world of him. But I think, you know, this race could be his big, huge international breakout opportunity to punch his ticket into Western States, which if he runs, he's probably the only person that rivals Jim in terms of pure talent to come to that course. And if the conditions are good, watch out because he could be sort of the next Jim Walmsley type character in the sport. In, in terms of the way the race progresses, um, I mean, here's something to look for, because this is kind of how it's gone for him in previous races. You know, if he's got, if, if he's built himself a little gap by Forest Hill, uh, he's going to win the race, um, would, would be my guess. Um, 
because he, he he's already talked about how he doesn't want to go out too aggressively um kind of wants to stay within himself you know it's a new distance so if with that approach he's already kind of off the front a bit you, you know you should expect uh you should i think you should expect that to build in the second half um when all the climbing the majority of the climbing comes and i also want to add um you know being a talented and, and accomplished runner is great but uh, Adam Peterman is one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Sweetie uh, pie. Hum- Sweetie yeah, pie. Yeah. Super, super humble. And what I was going to add Dylan is I think part of the reason he, he hasn't gotten as much notoriety is he, he doesn't, he doesn't try to get it. Um, you know, you don't see him online talking about how great he is or, you know, trying to get uh, accolades from people. I mean, super nice guy. And it's, it's great to see. Yeah. I had him on the podcast probably six months ago or so. I think it was after JFK and I felt the same way. And he's a, uh, very popular person in his running community there in Missoula, Montana. Our mutual friend, Mike foot was a teacher or a mentor, I guess a cross country coach for Adam Peterman when he was in high school. And of course, Mike foot is one of the true gentlemen on the circuit too. So shout out to Adam Peterman. We're super excited to see him put on a show tomorrow. And if he punches his ticket to Western States, get your popcorn ready. (laughs) If you know what I mean. All right. right. We've sung his praises enough. Who else are you looking at in the men's race? Well, you got a couple of Flagstaff boys in there. Um, Jared Hazen and Tim Frerichs. And I, I'll let you speak a greater length, Debo. I'm a little too close. Uh, no, you know, I want your inside perspective on the guys. Well, I mean, a couple of things to say, I guess. Number one, if you take those guys at their best, the, the Adam Peterman's got his hands full. Yeah. Um, if you if you take a, t- a 2017 Tim Frerichs who won TNF 50, not only one Debo, but you might rem- remember beat the likes of Hayden Hawks and Zach Miller by he ran six hours minutes. flat on the yeah. TNF course, which is silly. Um, you know, if you take a Jared Hazen who ran fourteen twenty six at Western States, um, you put those guys on this course, and yeah, I, I think there's there's fireworks. Now, are, are we going to see a fourteen twenty six uh, Jared Hazen or a TNF winning t- Tim Ferricks? I, I can't. I'm not sure. Um, but that's kind of what they bring to the field, right? Is that upper boundary. Having that said, I think both of them have trained quite well in the last few months. Uh, just a week ago, I ran with Tim in the Canyon and he came out in 73 minutes, which isn't going to mean a lot to a lot of people, but just suffice it to say that's very, very fast on a 5,000 foot climb. Um, and he's gotten a lot of time in the Canyon as has Jared. And if you look at that course profile, Devo, you know, back that we showed earlier, Uh, being at the bottom of the Canyon with a 5,000 foot climb ahead of you, uh, is about as close as you can get to simulating being 40 miles into a race and having, you know, 7,000 feet climbing. Great point. Um, so good training grounds for those guys. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. It reminds me of philosophy that's been espoused on my show a couple of times by the likes of Jimmy Elam and Tim Tollefson and others that training on terrain that's harder than that, which you were going to confront on race day is a great way to have it feel less difficult on race day. So 5,000 foot climb out of the Canyon on tired legs for Tim Frerichs is going to be easier, at least theoretically than that 2000 foot climb over the course of the last eight or nine miles that I just showed everybody on Anthony Castales' Strava from last year. So the Flagstaff boys, man. Yeah. I would love to see both 
Jared and Tim punch their tickets back to Western States. I feel like both of them have struggled with consistency in the last couple of years. I know like Tim works in healthcare and therefore has been distracted during the last couple of years that have been probably fairly stressful for people like him on the front lines yeah. during the pandemic. I don't, I don't know much about how Jared's been training, but obviously he changed sponsors recently, kind of new beginnings. He was just out training with the Solomon team at their sort of little team training camp in uh, Cabo Verde out uh, somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean. So. Off uh, the coast of Senegal. And yeah. So do you know how Jared's feeling going into this race? Well, I picked him up from the airport when he got back from, from the islands with the team. How tan was he? How tan was he? He was pretty tan, Devo, <laughs> but when I looked at him, I just thought, dude, you're hollowed out. Like, you look like 2019 Jared Hazen. Um, and then he proceeded to tell me how they would run for six hours a day and eat nothing but rice and fish. And I said, well, yeah, you're going to lose <laughs> some weight pretty quick. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see how these guys perform this weekend. And like you said, if they show up on form, Adam, yeah, Adam Peterman's yeah. got his hands full. Yeah, I agree. So, so, so we talked about, yeah, there, there's three guys, obviously none of them have, um, entry to Western States. So if they all have good races, yeah, I think those are pretty, pretty solid picks for the top three, but you know, uh, there's no guarantee. So if you're looking at kind of that next tier or who, you know, who could fill in if, if those guys don't have good races, um, I think you definitely got to like Ryan Miller. Um, He's coming off a win at Gorge Waterfall 50K. Um, he beat Tyler Green there. It was who, a great run. Yeah. He, he was back yeah. four, five, six minutes with 10 <clears throat> miles to go and won by two minutes. Wow. Textbook wow. execution. You, really solid. That's great. And he did that's a little great. bit of a training camp on the Canyons course before coming up here to Oregon. So he knows the course. He desperately wants to get back into Western States. He, of course, won Bandera a couple of years ago and got his ticket to Western States, but dropped, you know, fairly yeah. early, um, after struggling through the high country at Western. So I know he's yeah. hungry to get back in and, uh, Definitely. represents his home state of Texas proudly. And I don't know, for me, I, I I'd love to see people who are not from the mountain West or the West coast totally. come out and perform well. So shout yeah. out, shout out Ryan Miller. Hopefully he does well. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I can list a couple guys and let's see maybe Debo what your thoughts are. Um, I, I like seeing Dave Sinclair on the list. Um, this, uh, guy from Canada, Dave Stevens, who I actually don't know much about, but I like what I read, uh, or, or some of the results I saw. Um, I like, uh, I like, uh, Rod Farvard. I don't know if you're from familiar Mammoth. With Rod. Yep. yep. I, I think, uh, on a good day, he's got a chance at kind of cleaning up um, towards the podium. So those were a few guys that stuck out to me in terms of, um, you kind of being there yeah. uh, and being in contention. Yeah. David Sinclair is one of those athletes who is just a massive talent. I feel like, I think his, his, uh, history is in Nordic skiing, if I'm not mistaken. And I, I think he, right. he, he's from new England or something. I think he lives in Truckee or Reno now, but talking to Darren Thomas about him, David Sinclair is definitely a great talent. He's performed well at a lot of the golden trail series type races, so shorter distance, more mountainous. He's, he won speed goat. He's done well at Pike's peak. He's done well at broken arrow. So I think this is his first 
step up to the 100K distance. He did break a very old course record at the Silver State 50 miler last spring. Uh, so David Sinclair is, I think, in my top five. I have to go back and look at my roster for fantasy this weekend. And then well, I think another character who a lot of people are going to be uh, watching this weekend is Reed Coolset from Canada, uh, an Olympian, I think like a 210 marathoner. I think, you know, the, that was quite a number of years ago now, but obviously the talent that would be uh, very dangerous in yeah. a, a trail race like this in normal circumstances. It'll be really interesting to see how Reed performs. And uh, I, he already has, I think he got a sponsor I, spot. Into that's what I was going to add. Go I mean, I think that kind of takes the interest out of it for me. I just don't think he'll race uh, aggressively at all, uh, um, but we'll see. Yeah. And then the Dave Stevens name that you mentioned, he won run rabbit hundred last, right. uh, last fall and took home okay. 12 grand in the process. I think that was his sort of breakout performance. I think he was at black Canyon. I want to say, but maybe dropped out. Okay. Dave Stevens. I might be wrong about that. <laughs> There'd be too many to remember. And then, uh, um, Sage Canada is back, dude. This is so his type of course too. It is. So that, that's where I was going to move next. You have a kind of the experience category because you also have Mark Hammond. Yeah. Um, now Mark Hammond was top five at Western States, I believe three years in a row yeah. Um, before he dropped last year. Um, so Mark and Sage, you know, different skill sets, but I think they both play on this course and, and experience goes a long way. What, what do you, what do you see um, if the stars align for Sage? How do you think that looks in well, terms of his race? You know, I think Sage epitomizes the speed and strength yeah. situation. You know, he's super talented. He's got so many great results. He's won TNF 50. He's won Lake Sonoma. He's good at the long courses and the short courses. I think he probably wants to get back into Western States. He had the shittiest year ever last year, losing, having some very serious health problems, having his apartment home burned down in Boulder, some other issues. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. So, and I think he's sort of making a little film project of sort of making his comeback. So Sage Canada, uh, I think will have a lot of motivation out there this weekend. And, you know, if he's in the same type of form that he has been traditionally in his career, he's absolutely a threat to win or at least secure one of those golden tickets. So question. Yeah. Um, one name that I have to mention because I've received like a thousand Instagram messages about this guy, <laughs> Daniel Jones, Daniel ki- Jones, Kiwi. He's from New yes. Zealand. I think he's like a two fourteen marathoner, and apparently he's just been a dominant force down yeah, under. Yeah, he won. Um, what was it? The Kepler Challenge sixty k. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wins, I the thing is, I don't know much about him. I wouldn't be able to pick him out of a photo lineup. But I've <laughs> w- like, without exaggerating, received three dozen messages from Kiwis saying, watch out for Daniel Jones. He was going to, he was going to try and get his ticket at Tarawera in February, but the race got canceled. So he booked his ticket to the U S for the Canyons hundred K. Uh, from what I've heard, he was inspired by fellow Kiwi Ruth Croft, who of course is champion world-class, uh, athlete on the circuit, second place finisher at Western States last year. I think when he saw her results, he wanted to throw his hat in the ring. So Daniel Jones, I mean, 
with, up there with Reed Coolset and, and uh, Adam Peterman in terms of just like pure talent. Yeah, Let's see sure. how he does in this type of competition on these trails where he's a little less familiar and you know, where he probably doesn't have as much hundred K experience. I, I would love to see him, you know, race off the front. I think it would be entertaining, but I don't think it would set him up well for success. I think he would be well served as, you know, sort of tuck in there with the Tim Frericks and Jared Hayes and train and, and not necessarily like try and run super aggressively to win, but instead play it tactically and well, use his yeah. talent. If he, you know, is looking to emulate Ruth Croft and her success, I mean, you've seen her do that a lot. I mean, States last year, you know, she, she finished second, but she was, I don't know, middle of the top 10 or back of the top 10 in the first half. Yep. And then she just mowed people down. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if, if he can be like Ruth Croft, he'll get a golden ticket. Yep. So any other names you want to mention again, I run has got a, a much deeper preview. If you want to read through every single name, I think that's, uh, fair to call that the sort of contenders for the golden tickets this weekend. Obviously there's other names like Ryan Gelfie and Chris Brown, Jim Rebenek, people like that who could absolutely, uh, you know, be dangerous. And like we said, with the women's race, you know, there's, I'm sure a few people who we're not mentoring who we don't know anything about who could have a breakout true heart Brown type race this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, but I think, uh, our value maybe Debo is just having having been around a little bit, knowing some of these uh, men and women, and adding a little bit of color to to the whole thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, dude, it's super fun to break it down with you. I appreciate you coming on. We'll have to make this sort of a running theme with golden ticket races. It's uh, it's an absolute joy, and I have to say, this may get me canceled here. I'm going to put a controversial opinion out there. I understand that the Boston Marathon is cool. This weekend is going to be so much cooler than the Boston Marathon. We've got, we've got Madeira happening in whatever, three hours from now, which is going to be a sick race. We broke it down last week. So if you missed that, go back and check out our preview for Madeira, 115K, and then Canyons tomorrow. This is going to be way cooler than the Boston Marathon, people. <laughs> so uh, just a couple of reminders before we go. Uh, we mentioned at the top of the show, if you haven't put in your picks for fantasy free trail go to fantasy.freetrail.com get your picks in go five deep in both races make sure you share them out to the community it'll auto populate the hashtags everything is going to go viral that way and uh yeah it's a fun way for us to all interact make some picks engage the community learn more about the pro athletes and and then banter and make fun of each other on the back end harmony won our beta test at uh gorge waterfalls yeah and she put her picks in this morning so my hope is that harmony can defend her uh her victory from last week but um and then one other thing to maybe our colorado Viewers, I'm flying out in just a couple of hours. We're going to have an event with Athletic Brewing in Golden tomorrow night. Uh, going to be emceeing uh, film, screaming, film screening for the Journey to 100 film that they're premiering about Jason Hardrath's uh, FKT project on the Washington Bulgers, the 100 tallest peaks in the state of Washington. So I'm going to be out doing a little live podcast and emceeing gig in Colorado tomorrow. So if you guys are in the area, come see us in Golden. 
Any final thoughts for us, Mr. Sensman? What do you got going this weekend? Are you going to run like 200 miles to get ready for Cocodona or what? Well, we got uh, nine days to lift off, uh, nine or 10. So, you know, we're taking it a little easier, but I'm, I'm going to get some heat. I'm going to Palm Springs because uh, it, it could be hot. Um, it's a good excuse to go to Palm Springs. I got a heat train. Um, yeah. So that's what I'm doing. So I'll get some good, some good mountain trails in out there. Good, mate. Well, I probably won't talk to you before lift off for Cocodona. So on behalf of myself and all the, our live audience, our viewers, the free trail fam, good luck at Cocodona, man. I'm going to have to get my fantasy picks in for that race too, but that's going to be a vision quest, man. You're going to probably discover the meaning of life out there and uh, (laughs) get as close to uh, spirituality as you possibly can in human form. That's kind of the goal. So I'll need some luck. I appreciate it. Good, mate. Well, big thanks to everybody who is watching. A big thanks to Aura, our sponsor. Go check out the link in the description if you want to grab an Aura ring. I hope you guys have a great weekend watching the action at Madeira and Canyons. I hope this was fun for you, us breaking everything down. On behalf of my good friend, Mr. Eric Sensman, my name is Dylan Bowman. Have an awesome weekend, everybody. Later.